Good morning, good evening, and welcome. We'll start off with a prayer. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvinavadhitamastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Welcome everyone. I uh, I listened to last week's GD. I missed it, and uh, I am going to summarize it. So please correct me if uh, I have not, you know, uh, summarized it properly. So yeah, it seems to me that the discussions actually did not uh, go to the to the shlokas that we were intending to do last week. It went off uh, tangentially, uh, which is great because you know it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of a, a recap of all the uh, all the discussions that we probably have been having for some time. And initially, when I wrote this episode title as uh, Gita JD sixty two to sixty five, and later on, you know, I just uploaded it and then started listening to it. Then I realized that I have to change the title of that particular episode, so I changed it to. GD enlightenment, enlightenment, confusion and clarifications, and acceptance of that state. So, so we'll have to go to the shlokas uh, in the next next one. So, in the last uh, GD, what was discussed was okay. Uh, it started off with a question from Sakuba, if I remember right, saying that okay, hey, repression and suppression. How do you replace? Recording How do you replace the desires? And um, there was this uh, talk about uh, pratipaksha bhavana as a tool, uh, putting an opposite thought to that particular thought about um, uh, what you want to overcome or transcend. And the pratipaksha bhavana will work when, the, when, when a higher goal replaces a lower goal. It takes time. That was the key, key thing that we discussed in the initial part of the uh, conversation. Then there was this discussion, okay, can desires actually be willed away? Is it possible at all? And uh, the discussions went on saying that desires can't be willed away, but time and pratipaksha bhavana will help. This changes behaviors. And at some point of time, we, it, we will become, the, those desires will become like roasted seeds that look like seeds, but they don't have the ability to sprout anymore. I love that analogy. So um, there was another, another question by somebody else saying that, okay, this, this, this approach of replacing one desire with another desire works sometimes. It does not work sometimes. What's happening? And there was also another, question, another discussion about uh, conquest of senses or sense organs, whether we can do it forcibly or we have to let it go naturally. And I think the Gita also says, and I think the discussions also concluded saying that we cannot force it. It has to be a natural progression from one thing to another thing, except that we need to find a better anchor to where you can anchor yourself than the anchor that we currently use. So then the, then the discussions moved on to uh, two ends of spectrum. One end is the Jain Muni's uh, 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 rigorous uh, uh, control of sense organs. Uh, and the other end is, uh, you know, li liberated attitude of uh, Osho and his followers. 
and uh, uh, the confusion was okay you know if you have such a broad spectrum you know one end you know uh, people insisting that you need to regulate and control your sense organs to the other end of the spectrum saying that you know be be open do whatever you want to do what path we should follow it's it's the worst thing seems to be that again okay, not knowing what path to follow uh that of course means that it talks about roi in terms of how much of time you are investing in the spiritual development what's the return that you're getting for it and all that those, those discussions happen then there is this question of okay, show me five enlightened masters that you can show that we can you know uh, then i will start uh, chasing that particular path that that is a pretty interesting discussion and i have a point of view which i wrote wrote on the on the chat as well because i think at the end of the day show me enlightened master presupposes that you already know what is enlightenment and if you if you already know what is enlightenment why do you want to look for an enlightened master and if you don't know what is an what is enlightenment you know anybody is enlightened for you as long as that person is a little bit little bit ahead of you and can inspire you so i don't see any uh, logical inconsistency in that um okay then talks about uh, the discussions also started talking about how do you measure progress on the spiritual path and i feel uh, i think kishore mentioned kishore introduced us thanks to swami paramatmanandas uh, concept of fir tool i feel that fir tool is a great parameter uh, barometer of progress for uh, looking at our own progress on the spiritual path um, frequency intensity and uh, uh, our Recovery, recovery time, recovery. recovery time, recovery time from uh, from those uh, calamitic situations that we fall into, like desires, angers, or uh, jealousies, and things like that. Uh, then the discussions started moving in terms of okay, you know, hey, you know, I really don't care about moksha. I really don't care about that. But this knowledge is really powerful for me to help me in my daily decision making. The ROI for my transactional life. be business life or personal life seems to be pretty good just by taking over understanding uh, the the knowledge what geeta is telling us as to how to how to live our life and i like i like certain words what uh, i don't know who used that saying that there is a certain satiety in decisions that that we are able to take in in our real transactional life by understanding the purport and importance of the message what geeta is giving us fear goes down number one that's one of the other things and uh, i think kishore he, he articulated his base camp saying that okay hey this is what i am right now and this is the benefit that i'm getting it and this is wonderful that's that was really good um then finally the discussions moved on and saying that okay hey how does one get enlightened and i really like the mukus analogy where he talks about you know a dark room you can't keep taking away the darkness and you know throwing it away out of the room from the window you have to light it with a lamp the moment the lamp is brought into it the dark room goes away like that the ignorance within us which stops us from accepting that we are enlightened can go away when you bring that light of knowledge into our minds and um there was a there was a reference to deep sleep experience and how that is related to the enlightenment state and also talked and uh, there was i think there was discussions which said okay the deep sleep experience state is very close to the enlightenment state and what we're trying to do is even even in the waking life we get that same experience as what we have in the deep deep sleep state but with with our eyes awakened in the waking wake wake uh, and being awake um 
there was another beautiful point which said that enlightenment is not effort based but it is understanding based and that's a very very powerful thing because you know we think that we've got to do a lot of things to become enlightened but actually it's not at all effort based it's all about understanding based the, but but the key point is it's the effort is required to prepare the mind to get the right understanding that's the key point we have to understand that and uh, then it went off a little bit into history for 5500 years saying that okay hey why did arjuna not get enlightened even after he heard the discourse from the master uh, krishna himself um was he the right right candidate to receive that particular knowledge or would would yudhishthira be we have been a better person to have received that particular knowledge so there were some discussions about that and then there was a discussions about okay did was did vyasacharya intend to write geeta or did krishna intend to give geeta only to arjuna or to anybody else or to everybody else who has that arjuna mentality and i think the conclusion seems to be that arjuna was just a conduit he was just krishna was just using him and providing the concepts of geeta to all of us through arjuna as a vehicle and of course he wanted arjuna to fight and uh, that was the thing and the last point which i really liked was the person is never enlightened but an enlightened person is free of that person who he thinks he is i think that's where we uh, we kind of you know uh, summer discussed uh, in terms of the different type different aspects of enlightenment and the confusion and the practice part of it uh i may have missed a couple of uh, things but um, i did a, I, i did i did speed listening to it so uh, forgive me for that so uh, anybody can add on to what i missed and then we can start off for our chidi thank you so much all right so today um you know we have couple of uh, um we have uday who's joined us welcome uday hey, as a as hey, a listener thanks, thanks. so welcome aboard so today we are discussing uh, shlokas uh, uh, and without the specs it's difficult to see 61 to 65 right so 62 to 65 yeah 62 to 65 so as usual you know anyone can follow with any uh, format um, you can share your aha moments and then we can kick off from that Sixty-two, sixty-three is uh, Ajish, your your favorite. I mean, so uh, thankfully we didn't cover last week. Um, <laughs> just waiting for you. Um, but you know, it, you know, th- this is this is an amazing, uh, and these two slokas are just amazing. Uh, it uh, it is psychology one hundred and one in terms of what happens, uh, or what I call as the slippery slope uh, in terms of um, our degradation mentally. um when when things happen right and the different steps that it takes um so i was um i have listened to this multiple times now it is uh, fascinating i would say um yeah i mean i, I waiting for others to pitch in but uh, i i just wanted to mention that 
uh, these two are very uh, I, I personally learned quite a bit from this because each of the each of the steps I think we can catch ourselves um, and see uh, see what can be done in the future even if it's happened once can we uh, get better in the future so um, yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, Kishore, you said it very well. And uh, I can tell you one thing, you know, after having read Swami uh, uh, Chinmayananda's book, uh, today, on a spur of the moment, I went and revised the early chapter, the general introduction to the Bhagavad Gita, right? Where he has those uh, uh, two diagrams, diagram A and diagram B, if you remember, if you remember that. Um, this one, can you guys see it? I don't know. You can can you guys see the screen? This one. Uh, yep. Okay. So I would recommend you to go and read read that uh, uh, the introduction chapter for the particular book, where he talks of the objective mind and the subjective mind and how the the egoistic desires come in between and how they color the uh, reactions that we make into this particular world because the subjective mind is colored with. You know, despite the inputs coming in, the subjective mind is colored with our egoistic desires and it starts acting on it. And that ties in very well with uh, these shlokas that we are reading it because that shlokas is really, really powerful. When you read them in both of them together, they make a lot of sense. Please try that thing out if, if you have not done it. Yeah, I think one, one interesting thing that occurred like in one of the commentaries was the first two parts, the words Krishna has used is jayate, is born. But once you get to that desire, overpowers and go to Krodha, then it's just very mechanical. It happens. Then it says Bhavati. So the, the transition, like at least in the first two stages, when you are mingling with the sense objects and attachment form, and from there desire is formed, you still have like a small intercept that you can put in and then uh, catch it. But once once your desire starts growing, then it's just like, it's, it's like an equation. It will happen. You will get crow anger and then you will get the delusion and then delusion will lead to memory loss to destruction. That seems, uh, that, that was just too beautiful. Like the words, word choices that was used to describe how slippery the slope is. Krishna, have you finished any course in Sanskrit? Because, you know, I really, uh, you know, enjoy what you say, but I don't seem to get it, actually. Um, no, like, but when reading these commentaries, I just sometimes uh, look at the individual words and then read. And then also the, the bigger commentaries, especially Swami C and Swami D have them. So they kind of help a little bit and pick up these words and explain. Guilty as charged. I don't have any original thought here, but just like parroting what I read. No, that's really beautiful because the um, you know the, the choice of words when you when you, when you explained you know I it, it never it never struck me when I was reading it, but then it it seems to make a lot of sense. Okay, 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 okay. And I think that is where like also the 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 more patient the guru is and the way they explain really connects. Like otherwise, it just seems like, oh, somebody just put it into Anushtuk meter and did 32 characters at a time. But now you see Jayate. Now you will never forget. Like the first two times it's Jayate. And then it is Bhavati. And then even that is dropped. Then it's like, sure. Like once you get to anger, then it, destruction is sure. So that, that was just too good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just a question to trigger this discussions off, right? So 
um doesn't this uh, you know these shlokas and the psychology expressed here is contradictory to the modern psychology what people talk about you know repressing desires and um uh you know not to you know not to uh, control any of them and all that what do you guys think about that no i think um, from what i oh please go ahead yeah i'll, I'll shut go up go ahead krishna you yeah i'll i'll speak later you oh no no please go ahead okay so i was going to say rajesh uh, that uh, i think the way modern days how we are doing it is we don't first understand that destruction is the last thing that will happen uh, we don't have that uh, view of you know desires which is karma and then that goes leads to destruction you know how uh, krishna explained both the krishnas right um so that's why then you you say you start you you don't uh, tell the kids like you keep giving whatever they need right desires or toys or however you can call uh but the way we were brought up we were not given toys too much we were not given we were uh, you know we were just told this is how it is so the desires were much lesser than modern days now we have already created that uh, desire circle um and then telling them not to have desires that's not right i think that's where the problem is um so i just wanted to you know say that so the younger generation needs more geeta more than what we do <laughs> pace that not at the pace that we are you know learning but we have not given them a foundation uh, to say you know today you will get uh, cake okay again you will get cake we should stop you yeah, that's enough you know we don't say that and uh, sometimes when we say that the other person says oh, no no you can give so another adult is also coming and putting the same instructions so i think that's the cyclical but if you remember the way at least how we were brought up in uh, both even if it's you go to mama's place or peripas place or anybody's place you know uh, you will get so, so much and then after that that's it <laughs> everybody would say no more than this so i think it starts from there the whole society was like that now it's too much of abundance and uh with abundance uh you know has we have lost the idea of you know you know sukshmam is enough you know that idea has gone krishna i agree with you that yeah sorry krishna oh um i thought somebody else wanted to say something related no no yeah you you go after that we have vivek and then lakshmi so oh um yeah i i too agree like modern psychology is now finding more and more things that are based on that um, like economics and psychology always studied human being as like a rational person and that is the fundamental assumption but it's constantly being proven that it's not the case like either we read behavioral economics or behavioral psychology uh they are finding more things like 
there is something that makes you make a decision and then like the rational part of the brain kicks in to provide explanations as to why you made a decision they have done this in countless examples where they put an fmri or uh, eeg and all these things and then they will say and your brain has made a decision to pick a cookie or even it's as simple as like pick something in the right am i going to hit the right button or the left button and uh, your brain has made the decision and then later you provide a decision no no it's my free will that i exactly wanted to do this and i hence did this but it's uh, not 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 the case there is all this uh, i mean to use the sanatana dharma term it's like the vasanas that's like already kind of pushed you in that particular thing and if you are not careful it will just drag you all the way all the way through so that was very fascinating for me to read and this is like all research done only in the last 20 to 30 years if i'm if i'm not wrong when you said push the right right button or left button i i thought you meant swipe left or swipe right right something <laughs> from, yes, a, yeah. from a tender perspective yep 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 yeah but i agree with uh, vidya's point though this like seems way too much more distractions and like uh, internet apps phones and so on and now it's uh, it's coming to you rather than you going to the distractions the distractions have come to you all the time yeah got it uh, vivek yes i think uh, we discussed part of this i mean actually it's not a recent phenomenon uh, freud uh his big breakthrough was uh, that repression is bad um uh, repression suppression of desires of wants is you know at least from personal experience that will come up in some way shape or form and as we discussed last time I mean, there's there's going to be you see all these you know great people who do lots of good and then suddenly go go off to deep end and do something really really bad um but but, but i think uh, somebody said it very well last time that actually the task is that this knowledge that we have uh, sublimates and dissolves that helps dissolve the desire puts it in a different frame on whether what is good for us um and that that helps resolve that desire um and i can give lots of examples from my own 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 life but that's in in broadly this is uh, my understanding you know whether it's for food whether it's for uh, you know going and doing things desire is the root root of any ambition as well so so you know in the gita as i understand is bhagwan uh, krishna is saying it's not that bad to have ambition but what is that ambition for or whose benefit is it um and and if once i i and maybe somebody else can explain it i can't see how you can have ambition without having some desire at the end of it the desire for the wrong self uh, the ego is, is is bad and this knowledge helps us resolve that uh, desire for the greater good you know the dispassion for the greater good is good and that's what this knowledge is about That's yeah, how I. That's my learning in the last year. Very well said, Vivek. I think you know, uh, without desire, you know, you can't, uh, you can't get to anything. And I think uh, what you rightly said is anchoring ourselves not on the selfish desires, but on selfless desires is what Gita asks us to do. Completely uh, agree with you. So, would you call that as a desire, or would you call that as passion? Um... It doesn't matter what words we use. At the end of the day, the, the like what he said, you know. the uh, end goal is different 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You can put any word on it. Yeah. I, I think nishkam is a better word <laughs> to think and, in, in and, our mind. And see, that is where I think the problem in translations happen, right? You know, some people call desire mm-hmm. as passion. And then the moment mm-hmm. over a period of time that word desire, passion comes in, then it converts mm-hmm. into lust and sex, right? Then people get into a totally different meaning. It's it's so crazy with English translations sometimes. Well, the, totally. the moment you say, you know, Tinder and swipe left and right, then we are already halfway there in any case. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad one from me. <laughs> Lakshmi? Uh, I was going to say, um, when we grew up, there were very few choices, right? Um, one or two choices. It was easy. Um, to choose one uh, with our with whoever guidance, or if we are evolved enough to understand what's good for us, then probably we chose. Um, with the evolution, right, the technology and the, the development, there are lots of choices, and um, it's overwhelming even overwhelming to at least um, some of the elders, right? So, um, but of course, when we were young, um, time taken to to make a choice was less. So you just move on quickly, but now it's it's an effort, right? So, um, and I, I think with, the number of choices they are they have, kids are still able to um, dissect and able to um, out of these we, we will choose we I'll choose so and so, right? And then of course it takes time um, to get to to uh, liver minimalistic life to get there. Uh, but still, I, I, I think with, with all that is available, they're able to make those choices, but it's, it takes more time than it's, it's, it, it was earlier. That, that's what I think. And some people are probably because of their past karma or, or whatever, are able to, um, okay, make a good choice and say, oh, this is what I want. I don't want so-and-so, I don't want luxury at this point. I just want something which satisfies my need and then make that, right? So the kids who can do that or whoever can do that, it'll take time, but I think they'll get there at some point. No, well said. VP? multiple hands raised so I'm, I'm just going in the order that i saw the hands was raised yeah so i was just going to say that i agree with vidya's point on that most people don't realize that the desire will lead to anger and so on and so forth uh, but i'm not sure that um, you know uh, the i mean the kids definitely have more choices uh, these days but i think uh, ultimately you know kids see us uh, making choices and that's how they learn. 
so so we can't just say that the next generation is more spoiled uh, because ultimately we are guilty and yes we all grew up with very uh, modest thing because things were less at that time and most of us were probably middle class uh, growing up and i would argue that most of us now are not middle class they are probably higher than that and and more so for folks in the us because the us is always that society is geared about uh, geared towards giving you more and more choices uh, whereas india was very clear that your parents will tell you this is what it is and this is how it will be and that for most part still continues in india i, I think um, so i just thought i'll just make that point and i, I want to add to your point uh, also in the sense that when there are more choices there are more conflicts right so it's not only they are looking at us how we live our life but also they are out there um, more uh, with your with their um, the peers or schoolmates or whoever college mates or whoever right friends and they're looking at them too there's a conflict between home and there too right so they are addressing all these conflicts and able to make whatever choice they think at their point uh, of time uh, it's good right so through the guidance or or uh, whoever counselor or whoever right around them so uh, the number of conflicts arise that have arisen over time before right it's a more global society now we were confined to a smaller society back then versus now right so that that's my with what they have today i i think um it'll take more time but at some point they'll get there kishore yeah no go ahead go ahead bibi you can you can uh, you can share yeah no i was just going to say that yes they have more choices than we had because the world is more integrated and you know people listen to the similar music here that kids in the us listen to and yes that's always natural that the um, teenagers will always be conflicted but what i have read and uh, understood is that you know the parenting has a lot of influence in early years and by the time they are you know getting into their teens most of those things are well set as to what they have observed in those early years and i i mean i just sort of will stop here because that's not really the topic of this discussion but that's sort of how i have understood things you know, you know i hope you i don't know if you guys remember this old saying you know look at the mom and marry the daughter exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway that's a joke apart uh, kishor muku chitra muku i think you raised the hands first so go uh. yeah, thanks rajesh uh, just one comment on uh, i think this whole psychology desire um i think uh, i saw an analogy or maybe alpna used it a while back that you know this whole vedanta if you look at a projector uh, has a film in it and there's a light and then it's projecting it on front right the world that we see is the is a movie that's going on in the front uh i think bhagavad gita and a lot of the, the scriptures from the east uh have this framework right that there is a movie that's not that's unreal and then the source is the atman right 
Um, I think this framework is really important to understand even the concept of desire, uh, right? Because sometimes fulfilling is almost like reacting to what's happening in the scene. Uh, so if you lose sight of the science that says where, how this movie is getting projected, the vasanas, uh, you know, amount of fulfillment of desires, we can keep fulfilling or get frustrated. That's not going to help. I think the, sh the, the, the shift needs to happen from this, the scene that's going on outside to the seer who's seeing it. Uh, I think that's really the fundamental shift uh, of the science. Uh, I think by learning the science, we all, we shift the focus from going on fulfilling the outside to saying, hey, what's pull what's causing it, right? That's kind of the, the first caller, the first thing, uh, as, as I see it, that's that's really the fundamental shift. The second is the, the comment on the, just the psychology, uh, the modern psychology, right? The modern psychology revolves around the framework of the film, right? The movie that's going on, right? It completely misses this idea. There's a seer and there's an Atman that is looking at it. So it's to two, at least personally, I see it's like a 20, 25% science, right? I think any, anything that, you know, all this Oedipal complex, all that you hear is a lot of BS, right? This, uh, uh, I see it's only a 25% science because I've not understood the whole source of the reality, the way our, our rishis have understood it, just those two call-outs. So just that's the way I see it is. The, the really the shift is to, uh, because when you say desire, there's an I anchoring to it, right? The whole emphasis is on looking at and dissolving that I, and that's why it's, uh, then the desire goes off, becomes a mood point at that point. I think that's the focus of the science, the dissolving of the I, not as much as going out and fulfilling or not fulfilling. Just Beautifully said, Muku. Beautifully said. Yeah. Excellent point, uh, Muku. Thank you. And uh, uh, I had a question yeah. from Muku. Oh, go ahead, please. Sorry. Uh, so, so at this point, when we understand what we are trying to achieve as seekers, uh, it's 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 easy to understand what you're saying, at least to, to me or maybe all of you. But how do we make this understand to uh, you know uh, to children and to to the world who are still not seekers? I think I think that's where um, you know I just want to see what you're. Uh, I, I think you know, uh, just put them into a Bhagavad Gita class right? if you're if you're nearby place. Just teach, teach them the science, right? It's all just need to introduce them in a very playful way. And you'll be surprised how, how uh, sharp they are because they don't have as much muck as we have over the years. And they, they just, they see it through very quickly. But, you know, that's why I think the Balviars are uh, introduce them to the science, the literature in a very easy, friendly way, whether it's cartoons, there are many ways people are doing it now. But and you I, will find they get it. They get it faster. Yeah. Absolutely, Muku, absolutely. Actually, look at it, you know, in the conversations that we've had on the main bits mothership group, finally, it all, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. And finally, it all ended up to saying, okay, you know, who am I? I need to understand that better. That's the final conclusion that, you know, VP Rajesh posted and Alpana, you posted on saying that, okay, you understand this and then we will talk. Right? I think that's where it comes to, finally. Yeah, no, if, if I may go, um, uh, I, uh, when Krishna mentioned today about the, the first two being different from the last two in terms of the grammar used, the words used, uh, it struck me because um, I, 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 I've been listening to this talk by uh, Swamita Dhatmananda uh, on this, on these two, 
uh, slokas and it's fascinating. So I've been listening to it multiple times to understand this uh, slippery slope, right? He also calls it a slippery slope. Um, the key thing in this is the second one, right? Uh, so we spoke about desire uh, and all of you kind of expressed that, but the key thing is not, is the step before that, which is attachment, right? Now, according to him, uh, he says that attachment, when you define attachment, it's basically emotional dependency, right? That's how he defines attachment. Anything that causes emotional turmoil if we don't get it, right? So, uh, so we are attached to something if it causes emotional turmoil if we don't have it, right? Or if, it, if you want to get rid of it, it causes emotional turmoil if we have it and we are not able to get rid of it, right? So um, he, he, he calls that emotional dependency. Right, so it could be um, uh, a, a child uh, asking for a particular toy. It, it could be, you know, when I look back at my own um, journey, you know, I, I know I fought for getting my first uh, bicycle and then my first bike um, and so on. And I knew I, I, I you know, I, I went through uh, quite a bit of turmoil to convince and finally get it, right? So um, that is attachment. But, uh, you know, where, where does attachment come from? Attachment doesn't happen if we don't know about it, about that thing, whatever that thing is, right? So that's where the first part is, which is the sense organs through which we come to know about this, right? Now, these days, the getting to know part is a huge amount compared to the small world we, we grew up in, right? Because of ads and um, whether it's internet, whether it's TV, no matter what, we are flooded with, with many more things. So we are aware of, made aware of so many new things that we weren't earlier. So our world is obviously just outgrown. Now, now from, from there comes attachment, Right, we see an ad uh, for this particular resort in the Bahamas and we want to be there, right? We want to be there and we feel that, hey, if we don't go there, we are not going to be happy, right? So that attachment develops, but can we control the number one step? Yes, unless we go and sit in the Himalayas in a, in a cave, put away everything or go to a Vipassana camp and put away everything, not talk to anybody, not um, you know, look at the phones or whatever. We, we cannot control that, right? So that's going to happen. Um, attachment, according to Swamiji, is the place where, where you have the control. Beyond that is desire. The next step is desire. Now, desire is from the samskaras, from the vasanas that we already have. Because once attachment is there and the desire is already there, you cannot will away the desire. And from there, the, the slippery slope continues. You, you, get, uh, you get pulled more and more and more because as, as, as we um, read here, basically desire leads to anger because uh, oftentimes we are not able to get what we want, which leads to anger, or there are many obstacles in the way of trying to get what we want, which leads to anger. Now, when anger is there, there is delusion because in the, you know, when we are angry, we don't make good decisions. We are obviously clouded, our intellect is clouded, we make bad decisions, right? And then, um, uh, and another interesting part was uh, around when delusion is there, we, we actually start to, the intellect starts to play along with the mind by saying that, hey, you know what? These values, 
it starts to change the value system saying that, hey, this is okay to do. This is okay to do, right? It convinces us, we, we convince ourselves that this is not a bad idea. This is okay, right? Oh, this is this one-time thing that I'll do and that'll give me this, uh, um, give me an out, right? And we convince ourselves that the values um, and, and we um, forget the values, right? Eventually leading to destruction. So that part is also, so there is no way we can control anything once we are on this path, except at the level of attachment, according to Swamiji. So uh, now, uh, and how do you do that? Is the next question, which is how do you break this loop? Because this loop continues all the time. We are bombarded with so many different things and, and we are in this loop at all times. So the one, one option is to say, hey, when there is attachment, one, there is, should be awareness that I am being, I'm emotionally dependent on this, right? And how do you know that? Because you struggle when you don't have it, right? So secondly, um, to, to have a higher desire. And this is where the, uh, I think we briefly touched upon this last time. It's like, if you have a higher desire, the desire for the lower one falls away. Now, we can again look back in our own lives. For me, uh, again, the desire for the, uh, the bicycle went away when the desire for the motorbike kicked in, right? And, and the desire for the car uh, came in and the, and the bicycle went by the wayside and it was actually, um, uh, you know, just in the side of the house gathering dust, right? So um, when there is a higher desire, the desire for the lower one, starts to fade away by itself, it falls away. We are not forcing anything, we're not willing anything, it's, it falls away. So by uh, consciously raising the desire to where we want to be, which, is, which could be one of the base camps in, along this path, the base camp one, two, three, whatever it may be, or even the highest level, it doesn't matter. Even base camp one, which, is, which could be, I want peace, contentment, calm, right? I want a calm, peaceful mind. And that's the desire. And that's where I want to go. And if that is held steadfast, the other desires for, hey, I want this new gadget, new toy, without this, I'm just going to be miserable. Or I have to travel, I have to meet people, I have to party, I have to do this, I have to do that. Those things actually start to fall off by itself. And that to me is nothing but vairagyam, right? Uh, which is that the, the dispassion happens naturally, organically. Not, uh, not forced in any way, right? So the key thing is, um, I, I've been pondering about this uh, last couple of weeks. The key thing is this attachment um, and, and identifying that emotional dependence and to work on it by raising the desire to the next level and having that desire attached to that higher level thing. It could be one level higher, it could be multiple levels higher, it doesn't matter. But, um, uh, and we kind of slowly climb up those steps by raising the desire to the next uh, level or the next level b b ahead of that, right? So that's the point I just want to make. Um, yeah, um, let's see what others uh, have to say about that. Good point. Chitra. Nice, Kishore. I think you've said this once before also, but it, 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 it warrants repeating, I think. Because <laughs> we do tend to forget. Um, I, I I just was, uh, I think I was a little caught up with the question that Vidya had posed. And then I was also listening to you and trying to see how do these two uh, kind of come together. 
and a few thoughts. Um, um, so there are, like you said, you could uh, have a higher desire. So your lower desires kind of organically fall off. Um, or like Osho, you can indulge so much that, you know, you're done with it. And then you come back to searching for your, uh, uh, your, uh, and um, so sometimes I think the children of this age, you know, all our children, I think that's what we're all worried about. I mean, you know, what's, uh, you know, what is going to, how can we guide them and things like that. But maybe they're going to, I, this could be a path they could take. Also is um, we, for us, um, whatever, you know, growing up uh, all middle class. So, you know, for us uh, going on a plane ride was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go on my first plane ride, right? So you really have to save up to it. And then, you know, so it takes a long time for you to um, fulfill that desire before you realize, you know what, it's not such a big deal. It's not going to give me lasting happiness. And then of course you go on to something higher and then, after some time when you've had a lot of your desires getting fulfilled, you realize none of them are giving you lasting happiness. And then that's when you start your journey inwards, uh, when you come to that point of realization. And maybe I'm thinking for these children that realization will come faster because their desires are getting fulfilled faster. For us, our desires used to take a long time to get fulfilled. So it, that could be also a path that could happen. Um, where, you know, their desires get fulfilled so quickly that they reach this point of uh, what more, what more do I look for in life? There's nothing, you know, I've, I've enjoyed everything and I know it's not going to last long. So maybe I need to search for something else. And I think at that point, uh, whatever has been going on in their house, their parents discussing, grandparents, all that will, I, I think Rajesh said that, right? Is uh, his parents introduced him to this, his guru when he was very young. And at that point, he was not ready for it. But he went back. When he was searching for his meaning in life, he went back to his, uh, am I right, Rajesh, uh, to, to your parents' guru. So I think maybe they might actually come faster than us because uh, <laughs> uh, they, their fulfillment is much faster. So they will uh, reach that stage of, uh, I'm bored and None of these are giving me any happiness. Now, where do I go looking for happiness? Is one way of looking at it. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it might happen. Very good. Very I well said. So. Yeah. That's, uh, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. That would be. Yeah. Alpana? Actually, quite a few points are discussed here. And, um, and yeah, everybody well said. Um, I think just one more angle I wanted to bring in was the first word of these first two words, dhyayatam, vishyan punsaha. So the thing is how much you dwell upon the object. So uh, if I may relate it to even, you know, what we were saying about, you know, we all come from middle class, but there were some suppressed desires and you know, those desires we give in very easily to our kids because we remember from our past that it had, you know, a chocolate, a small amount of chocolate was given. I remember buying, you know, so much chocolate for my kids because they shouldn't feel that, you know, they shouldn't feel deprived of it because, you know, without, without going into that, okay, you want to eat, then eat as much as you want now and then you wouldn't get it maybe for 
for a few days kind of a thing one thing i realized was no desires don't get fulfilled you know so what we were saying that if you give them a lot more no they don't get fulfilled so there are either different variations that keep coming and that's what the whole marketing industry is working upon right so it's not that uh, you know because we are giving in a lot more there are a lot more things coming in so not sure it's good if it works and they realize that they're not getting that lasting happiness i mean that's the key right if they if they realize that one thing another thing that i wanted to highlight which i started was on the dwelling piece so initially you know when bringing up kids i think my mother in law would say distract them and i would say no 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 i want to have the conversation explain them and then try to you know not give that thing but i think as a result what happens is that dwelling in happens a lot and then if i remember from my childhood you know it was more of the dwelling in wherever you know i had dwelled upon it those are the things which were stuck in my mind and those are the things that i give easily to my kids right so maybe actually distraction is not a bad option so i feel the less if we can reduce somehow that timing of dwelling on anything it's easier to break the cycle because the dwelling is what actually results in the in, in the attachment yes so, so that's another way that that it can be be looked at and maybe dealing with kids if we can somehow distract them with something else even if it is lower or higher doesn't matter what it is some other conversation which may be interesting to them you know you know that could be be an option as well and as muku said yes for us at our age yes understanding who am i is the best option to get rid of the desires i think there's we don't need to go through any of the other one but for the kids yes also alpana i think i like what you said you know dwelling results in attachment and distraction results in lower attachment for kids i think it's even applicable for us too because the think about it okay suddenly if uh, a strong attachment to something comes into us at that time if you want to distract us or do some japa mentally maybe it'll go away correct see uh, i think when you mentioned the um, that it's different for us and the kids i mean uh, just a point there saying when when we say um, and muku said about the identity aspect of it um it is also the desire to know that right it is a higher desire uh, of self realization which is the peak that we are talking about it could be any of the higher than what we are dwelling upon in it could be anything higher than that um uh, obviously if it is another materialistic thing or we know that it's a chain and or we understand eventually that it is a chain and it's not going to end so if it can be on the other plane on the spiritual plane then we know that uh, uh, we are beyond that right so uh, um i just wanted to point that part out um and, and the other one is it's good to you know i was uh, while going through this i was looking at a lot of the the scandals that have happened or uh, people who you know even recently there was a governor who had to quit here and so on now are people who have been embroiled in a, a financial scam or what not right now if you look at map this map what they may have gone through obviously i don't know any of them but if you just looking from outside uh, uh, if you were to map um these eight steps i'm pretty sure they may have gone through this and at some point they even though they are learned 
men and there are men and women here but basically they at some point decided it was okay to do it whatever that it is that they did how did that come to be right even though they knew that this might be illegal it they felt that it was okay to do it at some point it it happened and that was a very interesting one for me because the intellect started to play with that uh, desire and say you know what it's okay for me to do it this one time right and that one time becomes two and then three and so on uh, later on but at some point it played with it and eventually led to that destruction right so it is uh, so good to kind of map this journey uh, the slippery slope with uh, things that we have heard we have read about uh, others and 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 in our own life for that matter in a in some way is anyone following elizabeth holmes theranos uh, court case you should do it yeah You should yeah, do it. It's I was listening to it yesterday. Manu? Who is this person? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm clueless. No, um, she was a 19-year-old. At that time, she was a 19-year-old Stanford uh, dropout who, uh, who wanted to revolutionize uh, the, um, uh, the uh, testing, medical testing, by taking a drop of blood and creating and creating i mean testing multiple things using just a drop of blood she raised roughly about a billion dollars uh, worth of money and uh, now she's undergoing a trial for def- defrauding the uh, investors so you should Because, go through read about yeah. it you will you will see the yeah. cycle you will see the cycle yeah. in terms of how it goes about there's a beautiful exactly, book Rajesh. there's a beautiful, beautiful book. book by the way yeah. and a hbo series i mean so if you yeah. go through that you yeah. you, you see how mm-hmm. even really you know who, people who are intellectually I mean, really bright people we are talking about here uh, and, and they just fall into this slippery yeah. slope and if you if you're not into reading if you don't want to watch anything podcast about 6 hours it's called the the dropout just listen to it the dropout 6 hours okay. just 6 6 hours beautiful yeah you will see the cycle you'll see the cycle explained yeah. clearly in her life Uh, I mean, I did. Sorry. What is the gist of the case, or, or um, you know, what is the learning from our group's point of view? It's the it's a cycle. It's a complete cycle. The the these shlokas, what we are reading, it's explained to her in a real real life situation as to how she she yeah. undergoes this whole process and how the excessive attachment to a desire to become a billionaire. affected all her decisions and in turn ruined the company and in turn uh, you know lost the money embezzlement and all those things happened of course it's not a it's not a proven case still she's not not at found been been found guilty but that's a diff- different point you know the, it shows how she's gone through going through the whole life but but rajesh to that point i, I think she's pleading uh, not guilty but uh, but to that point do you think she has realized in her life so so it, it, she has gone through the cycles yes she has gone through this 19 year old uh, but i, I, I don't know it's I, it's for her yeah. to come out and tell us what she Lakshmi, she feels now i really don't yeah. know lakshmi uh, yeah. lakshmi sorry to uh, sorry to um, no no int- no uh, intrude but i think if you're looking for somebody who has found redemption after doing crimes especially white collar crimes in the us uh you should read about rajat gupta's uh, autobiography he was the most celebrated 
Indian yeah. in the corporate U.S. corporate world, uh, head of McKinsey and whatnot. And then he spent time in jail, and then he's reflected on it. And I think he at least has evolved because he was hanging out of uh, hanging out with the billionaires. So he he wanted to be one of them, even though you know he was uh, already billionaire and doing very 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 well and whatnot. So so to answer your question, you know. I don't know if Holmes has realized it or not, uh, but Rajat Gupta definitely seems to have from some yeah. of the interviews I okay. read once I once he came out of the jail, and he has written a very good book. and And I sometimes question that whether he is just uh, trying to uh, restall his uh, solid reputation, or you know he's actually um, realized that where he went wrong. But given you know how learned and how educated and how Successful uh, he was. I think he probably finally figured it out. And okay. VP, I, yeah. I come. I highly recommend that book by Rajat Gupta. It 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 starts with the Gita shloka and ends with the Gita shloka and in between. Exactly. No, that's exactly life. what I'm saying. Beautiful, that's, beautiful. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's exactly okay. why it's just nice. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, you yeah. you don't have to buy it. You go Google for Rajat Gupta Jagarnath. Jagarnath is a publisher. You'll get a PDF version online. Yeah. You can read it. The the reason I ask is. Um, uh, of course, everyone will um, listen to the podcast or the videos. She has gone through all the cycles, but um, but the thing is, how long will it take for them to realize who has gone through all these cycles, right? So um, that that that's the question, right? So. Will she well, go back why, to normal? Why do we have to ask? Yeah, sorry, no. sorry again. <laughs> but I think we, no, we don't we have to ask. But right. the but but the thing is, it was it, so many. Even for that matter, like the our kids or whoever, they go through these cycles, and how long will it take to realize? Right. So th this is not uh, that could give them happiness. Right. My desires are not going to be filled. I I need something else, right? So, what is that? When will that uh, state come? For us, we so the, we are exposed to lot when we were growing up. Growing up, so but that, what about them? Actually, yeah. Alpana and Muku will say it's already there. So it, it is there. <laughs> it would, is there, right? To bring it out, right? <laughs> so well, I would say. I would say we are fussing too much about our kids because if you go to first principles, the kids are yeah. born through us. They have they have their own vasanas, they have their own journey, and it just so happens that you know in some cosmic calculation, uh, the supreme decided that they should be born to us, right? So why fuss so much about it? Of course, it's our duty. But what I'm saying is, if we are getting too obsessed with it, that's yeah. also probably not good. No, I, I I completely agree yeah. with you, Rajesh. There, I mean, it is going. To, it is a journey for them. It is it, their journey. It is their life. It is their okay. journey. Not that it we would be responsible. I mean, it is their journey, and um, I uh, just I I used to think uh, similar to what you're saying, but now it's uh, I've completely uh, not given up. But you know, I understand that it's their journey, right? And they necessarily have to go through certain steps. You can plant some seeds here and there. Uh, so that, you know, they, you know, like in a game, they can use that to, uh, uh, you know, go to the next level more easily. However, it is a journey they have to travel, right? And uh, 
I, I, I think as uh, Chitra pointed out, there is a good chance that they will start questioning earlier than we did. I think the question has to happen. You know, am I am doing all this again and again? And and I realize that I'm in a ham, I'm uh, running in a hamster wheel, uh, not being able to get out. Uh, when does that questioning happen, right? Uh, I'm sure it will happen. There is no doubt. It's a question of when, but it's the journey that they have to undertake. I have two yeah, more think, hands raised uh, here. The lens, lens, just one comment on the lens of uh, the rebirth cycle, right? So um, I think the question when they'll realize, right? Sometimes it could be multiple births. Uh, but generally what they say is, uh, and soul takes birth in the Indian Bharat lineage, right? And like, which is a lot of us and our kids. Basically that has come to a point of that realization already somewhere, right? That's when the desire to, to take birth in Bharat comes. Uh, that's just is a, that's then, that's really, that's how I understand it, right? It's, I find it true too. Otherwise, you know, if you, somebody's born, born in Russia, they don't even, to hear this ideas, it takes, like it takes centuries. So I think all the kids who are kind of born to us, and I think just be assured they're already the seed is, seed is there. You just need to uh, let them read and they'll figure it out. This is the comment there. So. So for us, it, the seed must have grown a little bit more bigger. Now that gives us. a lot of hope. <laughs> no, sure. It, 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 is, it is a principle, right? Because the rebirth goes towards what you want to achieve, right? The higher, higher and higher desires. And, and uh, the moksha is the highest. And somehow they listen to it. That's why they, I mean, in spite of us, they come and get born in our families. So insect of we being strict and all of that, right? I mean, these Indian parents are not the easiest <laughs> in the world. <laughs> well said, Mukun. Well said. <laughs> Manu? Yeah, hi, thanks. Um, I just wanted, I have a couple of points. One, uh, you know, what Altna you were saying about uh, dwelling on something versus distraction. I uh, remember hearing somebody speak and they were talking about, you know, how um, it actually helps to dwell on a particular desire to sort of make it go away. So like, for instance, they said, if you feel like having a piece of cake, you know, if you think about it for 10 minutes about having that piece of cake, um, most likely at the end of 10 minutes, you are not going to want to have that cake. So, um, so that was one of, you know, so I, I don't know, maybe um, dwelling in different ways, you know, if you're dwelling on it uh, to, help you get over it is one thing versus dwelling on it in terms of, oh, you know, I wish I had this thing. Maybe there's a two different types of dwelling uh, on, on the uh, object, whatever it is, your object of your desire. Um, the other thing, I, you know, as I was reading uh, the, these shlokas, it, it talks about at the end, destruction of discrimination. So I just wanted to clarify what that Really, man. So, are we saying um, the destruction? Uh, when we talk about destruction, that it leads to destruction. It says here destruction of discrimination, meaning after that we are not going to be able to make good decisions. That's what, right? That's what it's saying. So, once you give in to a desire um, and go through the cycle, you become more and more caught up in it, and you're going to be unable to make the decision to get out of that. Just wanted to clarify that's what we are talking about. Okay. 
decision not to come out of that, but at any cost, I want to get that dis desire fulfilled. So, okay. destruction of that discrimination, what method to use? I see, I see. okay, okay. So, uh, so I want to get it at any cost. Any cost. That, that yeah. kind of discrimination, okay. So, suddenly all the mental energies are getting redirected towards that particular desire, which, right. you know, which, uh, at that point of time, we don't we don't realize that after getting it, you're going to go chase another one. Right. And this is like a iterative loop. We are constantly in this loop, and then the, um, you know, at least in the first few steps, it's constantly happening. Right. I mean, that's um, rather than it being just a linear one way, and uh, you're done. We are dwelling, 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 resulting in more attachment. Yeah, I guess so, the, uh, you have a, uh, an opportunity when you start dwelling on it to not go down that path, right? Early on in the cycle, probably you have an opportunity to get out of it. But once you go down far enough down that path, the opportunity to get out of it becomes less than that. Yeah, and, and I think, I think it, it, uh, Krishna, I know you raised your hand. Is it okay if I just take a minute? Yeah, I think in, the way that in, in my mind, practically how I was trying to apply this in my mind was, uh, trying to determine, ask this question, okay, first of all, why do I want this? Okay, then if the, if the answer is convincing for me, I go ahead. If the answer is not convincing, then you know I don't put enough efforts into doing that. That's number one way. Second thing is, I asked myself, okay, is this a need that I have or is it a want that I have? So the moment if it is a need or a want, if that is clear in my mind, if it is need, I go all out. If it is want, half-hearted yeah. attempt. Sometimes full-hearted attempt also, even if it's a want, <laughs> but I'm trying to minimize that. That's how that's, I'm structuring myself. Yeah, that's okay. so funny you should say that because every time my kids ask for something, I, I ask them, need or want? <laughs> need versus want. <laughs> They'll say, oh, I need this. I'm like, need versus want. <laughs> These are the things that goes on in my mind, right? And I'm, yeah, I'm you know, uh, that kind of, you know, di diverts my attention, my mental energies to go do something and not do something else consciously. Yeah. Krishna. That's a good framework. Yeah. Oh, no. Thank you so much. Uh, just leading up, as I was listening to this, remembered one more uh, thing from the, the psychology, behavioral economics books. So the way is like our brain, when it uh, tries to capture something or when we talk about attachment or something, it's not like something is written and we read the memory but actually the brain recreates it every single time. So you capture the whole thing, and then you rewrite it. So every single time we think about an object or recollect a past, you not only just read, but you're actually rewriting the whole thing. And that is where they kind of get the whole muscle memory groove is also kind of uh, well attributed for the musicians where you keep, or the tennis stroke, you keep on playing, it gets etched into your brain. And like neurons fire together, uh, phrase is also something that we hear. So here I, uh, I was uh, reminded of the same thing. The word guna actually means thread. Another meaning for it is thread. And then the stronger the threads become, then it becomes like a much stronger rope and then it pulls you towards it. Uh, and then somehow this kind of connects to the, the brain neurons too. Like the more neurons now kind of keep thinking about it and forms that attachment, the stronger your pull is. That now gives you a much stronger desire and then you go towards the desire and then that leads to anger and all the other uh, other things. Thought I would mention that. Uh, talking talking about this kind of just this last weekend, I was reading this um, 
article again, one more is like a person called Scott Hawson. He's uh, kind of considered like the third founder of Google. And I didn't know this. Uh, he was like one of the TAs and he helped write and he just became an investor. He was not a, a actual employee at Google. Uh, but for like some $800, they gave him like some 100,000 shares or something, which is now what, $20 billion. Uh, but like all this through, he became like insanely rich, lots of properties, lots of investments. And he married his, he's from Stanford. He married his future wife from Stanford with three kids and everything. And now the last five, six years, they're going through like this really ugly uh, divorce. Like the same thing that people fall in love and then have all these things. And then suddenly something else takes place. And uh, yeah, the same cycle of no uh, trash talking, creating websites to disparage the other person and so on. It's just like a very, very ugly thing, but it's just a news article that just came up. Uh, but to end on a positive note, uh, since we are talking about like reinforcing our beliefs to go for higher goals, uh, Swami P's uh, wonderful lecture, he talks about this example where a uh, saint is coming to a village and everybody goes towards and then says, oh, you are like, uh, we all hear that you used to be a very rich person, very famous person, very capable person, and you've given up all this to become a, a sannyasi. So you must be a great yogi. And then the, the saint says, no, you are all actually the greater yogis. And they are thinking, oh, the Swami is just mocking us. And then he says, no, I gave up a lot of finite stuff to go towards the infinite stuff. You are all giving up the infinite stuff to go after the finite stuff. So you are the greater yogis. So that I thought was just too good. Yeah, and 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 on the same topic for those movie buffs here, if you want to watch a movie, uh, it's by it's by a, it's called in in pursuit of happiness. You might want to watch that movie. Happiness spelt with H uh, A P P Y N E S S. Okay, that's the movie title. Okay, and it's about one of the uh, uh, stock market uh, uh, big mutual fund manager. He's still living currently, uh, a black guy. I forget his name. Uh, as to how he goes through his life and, uh, you know, finally realizes his goal. It's reinforcement. He's like a traveling salesman selling some medical equipment and all that, you know, goes through a lot of hell. and But he has that goal, saying that I want to be this. I want to be this uh, uh, mutual fund, hedge fund manager or something like that. And then he goes up to set up today. I think he runs probably half a billion dollar fund or something like that. I don't know. You might it's want a to Will check Smith that movie. movie, beautiful movie. Will, Will Smith, Smith movie, movie. yes, yeah. Will Smith. Will, Will Smith, Smith Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Very beautiful movie. You should watch it. Okay, Chitra and Alpana, two more hands here on this topic. Um, just a quick thing about what Manu was saying of what is a destruction of discrimination, and I, I thought my understanding was more about. Um, um, so when we get angry, then uh, our reasoning power goes away, right? Uh, like uh, something as simple as if I'm angry, uh, you know, um, I shout at my, say, I won't say my children, let me take my husband. I shout at my husband saying, you're good for nothing, right? But that's not true, right? <laughs> uh, because obviously, uh, but that hurt is gone. It's gone out of the mouth and it has actually created whatever, you know, needs to because then it becomes a bigger fight and whatever, right? So uh, I think that's what they're referring to here is you knew, you know, you know that this is not the right thing to do. But once you go down that path of that anger, and then you just lose track of what is, uh, you know, what is the, uh, what is the consequence of your action? 
And I think that's what he means by destruction of discrimination, because you're no longer able to discriminate between what is right and wrong. And then, of course, then the like Rajesh keeps saying, you can do any action, but then the consequence, you have to bear with it. So <laughs> this time, um, they, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, just to uh, dwell on that a little bit, um, the, so they say that, oh, you know, when you're upset or something, it's good to vent so that, you know, you get it out of your system. Um, but that venting, I don't know if that venting is, you know, like you're saying, uh, you say something nasty to somebody as part of your venting, you don't really mean it, but you've said it and, you know, it's out there now. Um, so I'm now a little confused as to how can that actually be a good thing, but it, it does make you sort of feel better and, and, you know, it's out of your system. Now you can go calm down and, and, you know, get back to a more calm state. Uh, is there a, a different way? I don't know. I, I'm wondering, is there a better way to go about it by not actually venting and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, being able to reach that calmness? Yes. There's a different way is yeah, attaching you... yourself, attaching yourself to a higher ideal. Knowing that anger is not, not the right uh, uh, solution at that point of time. It, it's very hard. There is a point of time when the anger just takes over. And like Chitra said, you know, you will say you're good for nothing. You will, it will come out of the mouth. But if you're able to catch that, that thread and say, I'm not going to, anger is not the right response in the situation. What happens is you can pause mm -hmm. and you can, respond appropriately but that requires practice okay that requires tremendous practice you should read this book Viktor Frankl's book um, uh, what's that uh, I'm sorry I forgot uh, Vic, uh, Viktor Frankl is a Nazi uh, yeah. war. I forgot the name man's of the purpose man's, 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 yeah. search, man's search for meaning search for you should read it man's the guy was the guy was like tormented by something Nazis. around purpose yeah the guy was tormented by Nazis, but he doesn't get angry. And he, he's a psychologist. He comes out and writes a book. You should read that book. And, the, and uh, to that point. Manu, uh, sorry, uh, go ahead, Kishore. No, no, very quick point uh, that, you know, as you pointed out, it will happen. And that's where the FIR part also comes in. I just wanted mm -hmm. to say, you know, we can, we can see, hey, how often has this happened? Was it last few months, last few weeks, days? So I was just going to say, uh, sorry, Alpna, just uh, something I thought I should share with Manu. Uh, so, you know, there's one Swamiji Vishnu Tirthji, which is uh, somebody that Alpna had referred to me uh, last year. And, you know, he talks about this, he talks about these kind of situations or similar situations. And the point he makes is that, uh, you know, what you are getting is something that was due to you because of your product. So the, if you react to that product, then you are essentially not burning it, right? So, okay. so, so the whole idea is usko jao, usko okay. and that's, that's how you are trying to get rid of that vasana and trying to get rid of okay. your uh, sanchit karmas. Okay, that's a good way to think about it. I, I think that's a nice framework to use. Thank you. Okay, Alpana. Actually, it's not related to this. So, Lakshmi, if you want, then please go ahead. Um, then I'll go. No, it's not related. I have a question. Kishore? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, 
uh, so if yeah, if this on this topic, uh, two things actually. One is um, uh, when we talked about the framework, I just wanted to add one more uh, there. So um, as we uh, discussed earlier, I think the, the two things, one is around dwelling and the second is around attachment. You know, attachment is emotional dependency. Um, if we are able to recognize that getting something or getting rid of something, we, we are emotionally getting attached to it. As in, we connect that thing to our mental well-being. As in, without that, I will not be, I, I will continue to be agitated. If we are aware that we, that's where we are today with something, one, some situation, people, person, thing, whatever, um, it is good to apply Pratipaksha Bhavnam there. So what I mean by that uh, is, hey, ask again, this is a mental, internal mental dialogue, and it should be that, okay, I'm, I'm going after this, and I, it, it, I, I feel that I'll not be happy without that. Is that really true, right? Or what happens? Let's say I get it, then what happens, right? And, and so on. So have that mental dialogue in terms of um, questioning that and even introducing the opposite of that, right? And that's also in, in some ways, what is called as discrimination, right? I mean, being able to, uh, in, a, in a loose term, I mean, I know discrimination at the higher level is about real and unreal, but, but in this case, um, we can apply that and at, at that stage and say, is this really going to give me lasting happiness or not, right? So having that internal dialogue really helps uh, to kind of slow that down, right? So um, that's one point that I just wanted to uh, make there. Um, uh, second one is, uh, you know, we, we were talking about uh, different movies and whatnot. There is a, um, an, a, a series on Netflix called Navarasa, right? And there is one uh, called Bibatsam or Jealousy. Now, anger is not the, I mean, we do mention anger in this uh, list of eight, but jealousy is a side um, a kick of anger in some way. Right, so that is expressed really well in that thirty-minute uh, uh, episode, and I, I highly recommend that. And again, you will see this eight um, uh, steps being, you know, it's it actually it's done very well by the actors in that particular series, and you will see the eight being played out. Um, so I highly recommend that. Thank you for that, Kishore. My next weekend gone. Yeah, just watch that one. Uh, in, yeah, just watch the 30-minute one. No, no. You know, once <laughs> you dwell on something, it has to be completely dwelling on it. Unless someone Attached. is noting it down. Unless someone is noting it down. I, I forget all these names. Can you put down in the WhatsApp group? Yeah. Thank you. So the, the, the particular emotion is called Bibatsam. Um, and I, I believe it. it's either disgust or jealousy. I think it can roughly come to that. But the, what they depict is jealousy uh, in that particular uh, episode. Alpana? Yeah, no, as I always discuss something from Swami SPG's lectures on, on any of these shlokas, I think one thing which I really liked, um, in the 64th shloka, the last section is prasadam adhigachati. So what is the meaning of prasadam? And he says there's no real English translation for, for this word. Uh, he says it can roughly be translated as uh, joyful serenity and he says serenity in the worldly things so having calmness 
peaceful disposition towards the worldly things. And he says, joyful is actually joyfully, delightfully, restlessness for divinity. So, so he says, that's what is captured in this one word of prasadam. So if you want to have, if you want to be unhappy, be unhappy about why I'm not with God. So that kind of little bit of, it's a, even though you can call it that I'm unhappy that I'm not with the God, but that unhappiness, that viraha, that, that feeling is far happier than any happiness that you will experience when you get any of the objects. So that's why he calls it joyfully, delightfully restless about the divinity and serenity about the uh, worldly things. So I thought that was really nice explanation of the word prasadam. <laughs> Beautiful. That was beautiful. Alpana, would you mind? I did not note it down, but would you mind writing it on the chat window? I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, we have just uh, two more two more minutes, so we probably will we can conclude. Any last thoughts on this uh, on this uh, circle of downfall? I think I was just about to say to to Manu, if you must vent, the best way is actually write it down and and uh, tear the, those pages and throw them away. That's the best way of venting, if you have to do. But all the other solutions are, are better, you know. But if you have to, best venting one is yourself, write it on a paper and, and actually tear it. That tearing is very important and throwing it away. <laughs> very good point. Uh, that, that just triggered a, uh, a thing from Swami Ji, actually. So he mentions anger as uh, the same as um, you know, he, use, he uses a slightly violent thing here, but throwing acid on something. But the first thing is like taking the acid in your hand and then throwing it. But the first person who's going to get hurt is you yeah. uh, 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 with the um, acid before you throw, right? So most of it, most of the impact is on you, right? So the point being anger uh, causes us to, you know, to, to express anger. There's so much happening in the body, physically and mentally before that exp gets expressed and we know that. Uh, for me personally, when I look at it, I, 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 my throat, I, I, I feel it in my throat. And at the, uh, if, if I can catch that particular feeling, I know uh, um, that it's getting to a point where it's going to get expressed, right? So, uh, so many things are happening in the body before it gets expressed. Hormones get uh, kicked in and uh, there's so much things going on. So, and those are not good. Right? Those are not good for us. Uh, and if that is happening on a regular basis, it's, it's just going to destroy us, both physically and mentally. And uh, it's the same for anger uh, as well as, you know, if you want to vent because you're sad or you're upset or, yeah. you know, any of same the thing. negative emotions. Same thing. Same, yeah. thing. same thing. Yeah. And just one more thing on the anger is if you can remember any incident where you got angry and that was useful in the situation, you will not find any. Yeah. We say we get angry because for the kids it's beneficial, but you will not <laughs> find any any incident when it was really, really useful. <laughs> so so it's you can dwell upon that as well. <laughs> it's self-justification. Kids and spouse. Kids and spouse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just being politically correct here, though, using, using the word spouse, but <laughs> I am biased there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but question um sometimes people said i was so people say i was so angry at the situation so then i did something to change the situation in that case i suppose uh, you know pick up a whatever you know they start a foundation which helps the poor or you know something um so that's not anger then or what is it wrong usage of words ah okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> All right. I think uh, we are at 7.31, a little late. So uh, for next week, GD, let's look at, uh, do we want to dwell on this circle of down, downfall again for one more week or we can move ahead and continue for the next shlokas? I think we should dwell on it. We should dwell on it. So let's do it this way. We'll dwell on it and we'll also add a couple of more because the next few shlokas also you know, talks about how you can come out of that particular circle of downfall. So maybe we should add on 66, 67, and uh, 68. After that, we'll have four more to complete chapter two. Before, before we shift to uh, Atma Bodha. Sounds good. Right? Okay, cool. All right. So um, uh, I know it's 7.32, but can I take one minute, you know, something which, uh, you know, from last week's GD, I had been thinking about this particular thing and uh, it struck me, but I forgot to mention it earlier, earlier on today. So, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the last week's GD, there was this lot of discussion about enlightenment, who can be enlightened, how, how we can be enlightened, and uh, how do you find an enlightened master and all that, right? I think it all comes from a perspective when we think ourselves as an individual, right? Okay, but you know there is this concept which uh, Vedanta Sara explains very beautifully. I'm just going to state it here, but you know for, for us to start thinking about it later on. So um, the the concept is, you know, if you think of yourself as an individual, then you start evaluating everything from that individual perspective. Okay, and but you think about yourself as the uh, in entirety, right? Then you'll start thinking about it thinking about the situation in a complete different perspective. And the example, what it gives is, you know, um, let's take this five different, five or six different ocean bodies of water that we have, right? You know, each one of them, in our mind, they are different. But actually, there's just one contiguous body of water separated by land, right? Now, each, each of this body of water thinks that they are different, then, you know, you, you can see the differences between them. You know, Pacific Ocean is uh, uh, calm. Atlantic is probably not that calm. Indian Ocean is, you know, uh, a little bit more uh, rough and all that. So from that, but from when you look at it from a contiguous body perspective, then it doesn't make, you know, all of it is the same. That's one way of looking at it. The second way of looking at it is, let's say that, you know, you have a... Uh, uh, 100, uh, 100 kilometer by 100 kilometer uh, forest area beautifully forested forested area with uh, you know trees planted evenly you know at one square one one kilometer each you know trees planted pretty evenly now when you look of look from the top of a helicopter you know it that entire forest has a different beauty than just an individual tree okay although the tree may be the same 
or the tree could be different right it doesn't really matter but you when you look at it from the top the uh, the view looks very different where did that view come from to for that particular forest despite the fact that all the trees were the same or the or they were different you know and 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 the third point is you know you take a, a stick okay and you try to break it it will break easily but you bundle 10 sticks it gets an extra strength and it's difficult to break it where did that extra strength come from so if you still thinking about this then you'll get to a concept uh, called as vyashti and samashti okay vyashti is individual and samashti is the entirety right and when you when you understand the enlightenment and uh, whether i am different whether the atma in me is different from somebody else's atma and all that when you start separating it out and considering and understanding these enlightenment concept from the perspective of uh, vyashti and samashti the individuality and the totality then what you will realize is the spark in me is a spark everywhere so it's basically one spark if one spark is it seems like a lightning that has struck thousand trees together all the thousand trees are glowing differently and we see them different because each of the shape of the tree is different the shape of the fire is different but actually it's just one spark that's it right so you know that concept of this individuality and totality if you understand it a little better i think enlightenment understanding enlightenment becomes a little bit more easier otherwise we'll get stuck in in terms of getting into that mind and the mind play what uh, what keeps on happening all right so with that i think uh, sorry i took an extra couple of minutes so that's uh, that's that's i wanted to share that so with that let's get to a concluding prayer om sarve bhavantu sukhinah sarve santu niramayah sarve bhatrani pashyantu ma kaschid dukha bhaga bhavet o shanti 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 shri gurubhyo namaha hari om tat sat already everyone um see you around next week next week uh, i uh, i i may not join the join the gd because i have to help out my daughter so but i will try my best to join her okay hariyo 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 bye